I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning. Welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiuri, along with Frank Wolf, Francis Beck from Western New York Athletics. Roger Weiss is here, and my good buddy James Mallory from the Buffalo Vets is in studio. We're going to talk about uh, parenting today. Last week we did a discussion about coaches and uh, things that uh, that you don't want to do as a coach or, or signs that maybe you shouldn't be coaching uh, youth sports. So we got into that. We might even touch a little bit back on that, but did receive some positive uh, feedback on the show, so we thought we'd continue it. And this week we're going to get into uh, parenting. And we'll, so we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But first, I want to thank Frank Wolf from uh, Western New York Athle- Athletics for inviting us to the Bisons game last night. That was a lot of fun. Had a good time, good food. I see he brought leftovers. <laughs> Raj is shaking. What, Raj? I mean, you know, cold pizza in the morning, maybe, but cold hot dogs from the night before. Try it; it's good. They were in the they were in the fridge all night, so they're it makes safe. them even colder. <laughs> no so, comment. Okay. And you people think I'm weird? I have, I don't hide the fact that I'm I'm a, a little off the wall. I don't hide that at all. Pass the hot dogs, by the way, a little. <laughs> but Frank, it was great, uh, a yeah. great time. Uh, you uh, you guys rented out one of the suites, and it was really nice. Nick and I had a blast, and you know, food was great, company was great, coaches that were there. You know, it was funny though, James, when I was talking to other coaches and told them what we were doing today. You should have seen them light up. Oh, oh we man. got plenty to say about that. <laughs> Anthony, did you go straight home from the? Stadium last night. Yeah, Nick went all that way without eating. <laughs> yeah, no, oh right. my god, that kid can eat. Good god, uh, he by, was the second one in line. Yeah. By the way, uh, yeah, you were probably first. Right? No, no, I wasn't. I waited. Uh, by the way, good morning, Anthony, Frank. Good morning, DK. Moaning, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, before we get into our topic, we do start things off with news and notes. Rod, you said you had something that you wanted to pass yeah, along. Yeah, this is not exactly high school related, but for all you Buffalo Sabre fans out there, before you go rushing down to the, uh, what's it called now, Sabre the Shore. Key Bank Center or wherever downtown. Wait, it's not the odd? <laughs> the other odd. Boy, I'm, like way, to call I'm, it. I'm way behind. The new odd. Uh Word to the wise, Uh, in 1973, Rick Martin was wearing number 7 and Rene Robert was wearing number 14. And a gentleman by the name of Butch Deadmarsh, I believe his nephew Adam Deadmarsh was a recent NHL player. Okay. He was cut or sent down to the Cincinnati Swords, whatever it was. So number 9 was available. 
Rick Martin wore number nine in junior hockey with the junior Canadians, so he wanted to switch to number nine. <clears throat> Robert always wanted to wear number seven, so he switched to number seven. About four or five games later, I don't remember exactly, when they hadn't scored a point since they made the number switch, I don't know if they did it of their own volition or management kind of made them an offer they couldn't <laughs> refuse to go back to their uh, old number. So I just suggest to you people out there, if you're going to stand in line waiting for your number nine Jack Eichel jersey, you might want to wait. Give it a few games. Also, the Sabres, I guess, are making an offer. If you turn in the number 15 jersey, they will give you $49 towards the purchase of the jersey with number nine. Yeah, those jerseys not cheap. <laughs> I tell you what, I suggest you hang on to the number 15 because I think someday they will be worth a lot more money. If you cannot wait before you trade them in, I would suggest try to put them up for sale. I'm sure there are people out there that might spend a little bit more than $49 for your used number 15 Eichel jersey. I have a rule about jerseys. Hang Never on, buy one that uh, has real, an active player. Real quick, as as Roger was pointing all that stuff out, um, it's not a pure exchange, by the way. It is, you just show them your jersey and they can give you the 49 credits, so $49. So you still keep the jersey. Oh, I wasn't aware yes. of that. The way they put it on, it made it look like yeah. this. It, it made it look like in the press release that you have to exchange the jersey. No, you still get to keep the 15. So there's that, but I've got a piece of advice. Before you go buying your number nine Jack Eichel jersey, wait till they get the royal blue back. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, if they get the royal blue back, that would uh, that would make things a lot better. Could that happen before this season? No. Or, oh no. Okay, so that's so. Brief so a year hold after. off. You know, either hold off until he gets the C on the chest, or uh, or the royal blue. Hmm. Good points, Derek. I, I have a rule: never buy a jersey of a kid younger than you. <laughs> in yeah, that case, I would never buy one. Yeah, that's, I, I just wouldn't, I no, don't I don't buy any jerseys of, of current players. Uh, I saw somebody post on Facebook recently, and I don't know, it was like six or seven jerseys of players that they went out and bought their jerseys, and all, not one of them is still in Buffalo. So, if I'm going to go buy a jersey, it's going to be a Detroit jersey with Iserman's 19 on it. Nobody's talking to you. All right, what's wrong with Detroit? Iserman? It's a saber country, Raj. We gotta educate you on everything. <clears throat> I have my Perot jersey. That's my pride in my pride, uh, pride of my collection. Gilbert Perot, greatest saber ever. Yes. All right, let's get in. Oh, you had stuff. Yeah. Wait. Does you have stuff first? Not get, really. I mean, we're I'll, getting rid of stuff here. I got All right. Stuff. <laughs> okay. Then I'll start George off. George Carlin Ken has West a place for his stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, a few announcements. Uh, Charlie Mack of Will East. He officially signed his contract with the Minnesota Twins. Cool. He is now a professional ball player. Three in three years for Western New York. Um, and the Monsignor Martin, uh, Tristan Vandenberg of Canisius High. He signed with Ohio University. That's another kicker out of Canisius. Three in a row, right? <sighs> that sounds about right, yeah. We turned Canisius you, into kicker you. Yes. <laughs> And then the big news, which I know hopefully everybody's seen by now, it looks like Casey Kelly will be leaving St. Joe's. That's big. Yeah, le yesterday we found on a Max Preps page, his profile was on Mallard Creek High School in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and we were talking to people at Joe's. We finally got a hold of his dad, and his dad told us flat out no comment. 
So we believe he is going to be going there. Um, big football players, we know. He was also even, I think, a better lacrosse, better lacrosse player. player. Yeah. And the most interesting thing about this, I have yet to confirm it, but I can I could not find if this team had a lacrosse, this school had a lacrosse team or not. Hmm. Which we've been told he's been getting major looks for lacrosse. So it's very <laughs> interesting. He's going to a school without lacrosse when it's arguably his better sport. So we'll see. That's not yet confirmed. I hope I can make some phone calls later today, but um, very interesting news. We spoke to Casey, what, six months ago. We spoke to him one-on-one, and he mentioned that he was looking at Duke for lacrosse, but also because Duke afforded him the opportunity to play uh, football as well, which is ridiculous to play two college sports uh, James, you know what At it takes level. to play just football, That's to play lot. another sport. And Duke is more known for their lacrosse program than their football program. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. If he if he does that, man, more power to him. I, yeah, I give him a lot of respect for that. It's, it's, it's a lot just to do one sport. Sure. Two, well, question. If he's going to be a quarterback and he's going to be allowed to miss spring practice so he can play lacrosse, what's wrong with that picture? Um. Everything with, my college, <laughs> with most <laughs> colleges. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, coach. I can't make spring practice. I have to go a lacrosse game today. Yeah, that'll go over like you know what. Yeah. Well, if it's true, best of luck to him and uh, and whatever he does. I heard they have a pretty good backup, though. I did hear that. Uh, yeah, some people were chiming in there. on the Facebook page that uh, they, they. I don't know. The, I don't I, know the kid. Yeah, I think the kid's name I heard is Micah Brown. Yeah, it's unconfirmed. Oh, you're but, talking about St. Joe's? Yeah, just saying Joe's. he had a good backup. I'm thinking of Duke. He's already but, got a backup. Sorry, I, I tell you a lot, jumped ahead. A lot of people were talking that this could be the year St. Joe's gets back on the map in terms of being able to beat their rival, uh, the the boys on Delaware. Um, that school on Delaware is referred to by the Marauders, uh, but. I'm going to tell you again, look, watch out for O'Hara. They might be a little bit better I, I was going to say that, than uh, people think. Yeah, I was going to say watch out for O'Hara. Um, C.J. Masters, a quarterback, trained with me all offseason. He's going to open a lot of eyes this year. And, uh, we got uh, Quan. Quan uh, is going to be he's a wide receiver. He's going to open up a lot of eyes yeah. as well. Quan Moss, uh, he's, he's going to be a junior. Uh, and then we got a couple more O'Hara guys that trained with us this season. They did well in the 707 circuit. So do not be surprised if they start beating a lot of people. Trust me. With O'Hara, it's just a numbers thing. Can they stay healthy? Do they have the numbers? That, that's where you get Joes and Kinesias. They've got that depth. And St. Francis. Sure. Yeah, um, they have a quarterback coming back, uh, yeah. Jacob Ritz, who uh, started in their playoff game at the end of the year, almost beat St. Joe's in the semifinal. He's likely going to be the starter this season. Yeah, I know it's only July, but you're getting me salivating already early. for yeah. high school it's, football. I'm getting crazy already. I've July. already been for the past few months, Tony. <laughs> James, we start up at what two weeks from Monday, I yeah, believe, with NASA. Yeah, the 23rd of July. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, oh. wow. Two weeks, ready to rock and roll. I, I guess I should probably learn my playbook. <laughs> I know you know it like the back of your hand. I'm not. You're not gonna fool me with that one, Tony. I tried. <laughs> Why you can't? Just uh, you can't already. cram on the it. night of the 22nd. You can't cram. <laughs> well, like I guess the old I, days. <laughs> not for that one. <laughs> oh, and when people figure out my secrets, um, we were talking about uh, coaching last week, as you guys recall, and I wanted to get into parenting thing. James and I go back and forth on this issue. I don't know how many years now. It seems yeah, wow, a while. <laughs> it's been a while, and uh, it's usually a chance for he and I to vent. So we'll uh, we'll get our, our messenger going. And it's just back and forth about things that we see 
uh, while coaching, you know, uh, plus you do training. So you get to see a lot even just outside of just being on the sidelines of football. Um, I get to see things from football and now baseball and not to mention the you know, amount of information that gets poured in during the week, the emails I receive, uh, messages on Facebook and Twitter, things like that. So uh, sometimes, you, you, you know, you'll hear these stories and it'll make your hair curl. Unbelievable. And it's kind of like, you know, signs that maybe you shouldn't be uh, or maybe that you need to calm down as a parent when it comes to uh, sports. And I'll give you an example. Uh, you guys probably have seen this one. The parent that drops their kid off at practice and comes back, picks them up, then on game day, they get in your face about why my kid isn't playing. <laughs> Look, if you don't watch your child practice, don't get in the coach's face about playing time. You really do need to observe how your kid practices. Uh, is your child disruptive in practice? Uh, is your child paying attention? Is your child doing the things uh, necessary uh, to uh, better themselves on the field? Things like that. Are they a hard worker? Uh, you know, a talker? Things like that. You really have to pay attention. Don't don't just sit there and, and blindly you know watch or you know stare at your cell phone throughout uh, the two hours that they're out there. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's the main main thing with me. You know, I tell parents, I invite them all the time, hey, if you feel your son should be getting more playing time, more carries, throwing the ball more, should be the star, whatever position, um, come on out to practice and see why he's not uh, getting more carries or maybe throwing the ball more or, you know, starting an offensive line, whatever the case may be. I tell them, hey, you got to come see what's going on at practice. Um, I give everybody a fair opportunity, but you have to be there to see this. You can't just show up on game days and expect because it's your baby then they're going to be the star. It doesn't work that way. You have to understand what, what's going on out there. All right. Most coaches, and there's a lot, a lot of good coaches out there, they're out there teaching technique. They're teaching things. They want to win. They want to teach your child. All right. So they're going to put the effort in there. Don't take it personal that your kid is not the starter or, or not the quarterback or the pitcher or, or the center. It, don't take it personal. It don't personally. It's it, it's not like that. They're out there for what's best for the team. Yeah. Understand that. If you want to pull a coach aside and talk uh, philosophy with it, most coaches would be happy to talk with you, just like James said. I love it. Um, you know, when parents, I, I give my parents freedom of speech with the vets. Hey, you know, just don't don't make a scene on the sideline. If you feel I'm wrong about something, you feel I'm doing something, I'm not doing something right. You got my number, or just pull me aside and we can talk about it. And we did, I did a few times last year. And then when I talked to the parent, they'd be like, oh, okay, I see what you mean, coach. I, I get it. You know, and if it's, I, may, I may be wrong sometimes. I'm not always right. You know, you may be able to point some things out to me that I just missed. And be like, I'll, hey, I'm not too proud to say, you know what, you're right. I got to fix that. No, as coaches, we all make mistakes, especially at our level. We're, we're at the youth level. Uh, you know, we, we don't have the experience of a uh, uh, Gene Tundo. You know, so we're doing our best. We're out there learning. And as I said last week, we're going to, we as coaches are going to make more mistakes than the referee is going to make bad calls. Absolutely. And, you know, this is one of those things that you have to deal with. This is going to lead me into another one. Don't show up on game day screaming at the coaches and screaming at the refs. You're not doing any justice doing it that way. Uh, you're not going to change the ref's mind. Uh, he's not going to say, you know what? The parent out there screaming and calling me uh, all kinds of names. You're right. There was a holding on that play. I missed it. My bad. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. No, not at all. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> if it does, somebody please point it out to me. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that drives me nuts. 
No, Anthony, I was thinking about last night. And if uh, some parent yells out, hey, ref, you're missing a good game, the ref will respond by saying, you're right, but my boss assigned me to this game. <laughs> <laughs> or you can say, or the ref will shout out, yeah, we're both missing a good game. Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of keep, these are things that you got to keep in the back of your head. Everybody's competitive. Everybody wants to win. You want to watch your child's team win. But it's not all about that. Uh, sometimes the biggest lessons learned are in losses. How many times have you lost a game and you and, and you discovered something? Oh man, you learn all from your mistakes. Every time. Yeah, that's what it's about. You you know if you play a flawless game and you've won forty nine to nothing, what have you learned? Other yeah. than the other team is a lot of work to do. Yeah, I tell I tell my guys all the time: go out there, play hard, leave it all on the field. If you make a mistake, I can I can coach you up on mistakes. If you, it's hard for me to coach a kid when. He's scoring four or five touchdowns, and it's a blowout. And you say, hey, you're doing this wrong. In his head, he's going to think, well, I just scored five touchdowns, and we want 149 to nothing. You know, they're going to kind of block it out. But if you lose or, you know, and, and or they you know made some crucial mistakes, and I can point that out, and then we can fix this. It's a little bit easier for me to coach him up that way, to be honest with you. Bingo. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, is there too much emphasis on winning it at the youth level? Um, is it the most important thing? No, it's not the most important thing, but let's let's be honest. I'm sick of people hiding the fact that, you know, people want to win. Uh, you know, you say hey, it's about the kids having fun. It's not much fun in losing. You know, I hate when people say, all right, you know, it's not about winning. I mean, quit lying to them. Yeah, you want to win. Well, if we it's not about win. winning, uh, why do they keep score? Yeah, I tell people all the time, you know, we want to win. I mean, who, who doesn't want to win? Who want to go out there and say, hey, let's lose? Yeah, nobody. Uh, you know, if we're preparing the kids for life, right, if you go out to every job interview you have and you lose, you don't get a job, how are you going to provide for your family? Exactly. You won't. You know, so let's be real. It's competitive. You go out there to win. You compete to win. But period. you still have to keep – got to keep it in check, though. I exactly. mean, you can yeah. be competitive. It's a line. But when you cross that line, mm-hmm. you know, we see it in – you know, you hear about, uh, you know, leagues out there. They load up – you know, they'll load up one team <laughs> with – Jay, you know I'm right about this. Listen, they'll yeah, load up – they'll have two teams at one weight class, and they'll load up one of them with the best kids that come out, and then the other one will have the beginner players and the smaller players. Yeah. You know, what's that all about? Yeah. It's a doing anybody any favors there no no they're just trying to load it up team you're not doing them any favors. their sole focus is on winning let it let nature take its course it's going to play out yeah you're gonna there's gonna be years you're blessed with uh kids with tremendous talent and you're gonna have a great year uh in little league baseball right now uh i'm extremely blessed that these this group of kids are talented you know we're winning a lot of games scoring a lot of runs it's great it's a lot of fun Uh, but i'm sure that maybe next year or in years past it wasn't like that you know, there's years you're gonna you're gonna take your lumps, but uh, you know, just keep it in check. That's all I'm trying to say, Raj. Look at all these uh, kids that uh, leave high school and they go play college, and all of a sudden they have to sit on the bench in college for a year, maybe two, and all that mm-hmm. because they're no longer the uh, top kid on the block. All that they're just another athlete out there. They have to work hard, yep. and uh, so you know that's the life lesson. Yeah, you got to work. You for move it. to the next level. You don't just jump right in where you were at the previous level and all that. It's a progression, and that's what life success is all. And about. that goes Absolutely. back to watching your kids practice. If I'm out there and I'm teaching you how to do this, you know how how to proper three point stance, how to shed a block, things like that, and your kids off there talking, 
and not learning, don't yell at me yeah. because yeah. he's not executing on the field. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's something that you could pull the coach aside. He says, yeah, I noticed that Junior's not, you know, uh, doing this uh, rip move that you've been uh, teaching him. Uh, is there any way that I could help? Yeah, and then you talk to the parent about about how to do the rip move. That's something they could do with at home with the child. Yeah. All right, let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. You're listening to Inside High School Sports on WGR Sports Radio 550. One, two, three, four. I like that. <laughs> We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Caligiuri along with Frank Wolf and Francis Beck, Western New York Athletics, Roger Weiss, and James Mallory, the Buffalo Vets in studio. Also UAS Blaze. Do I have that right, James? Yes, sir. Yes, you do. All right. So we're talking about parenting and uh, some of the... Uh, oh, I guess the problems that we find with parents at games. Now, let me just stress this, too. There are a lot of great parents out there. Oh, yeah, awesome Oh, I mean, parents. awesome. Parents that, uh, you know, at halftime or during football and they've got the orange slices or, or you know, whatever for the kids to have, uh, you know, uh, give them a little bit of energy. Uh, you know, parents that uh, buy and freezy pops after the baseball game. Awesome, awesome parents. But there are a few, and they stand out on game day. Uh, let's see. Raj, you can attest to this one. The parent whose kid has to look up in the stands after every play to get <laughs> dad's approval. I can't stand that. Well, I, I got a trick for that one. Um, we had a player two years ago on my team who did it. Uh, you always look into the stands. So what I did is politely took him out the game, stood him by the fence, and stood him facing his father so he could stare at him the whole game. <laughs> I'll just tell you this. We never had that problem again. I, I nipped that in the bud, and we never had that problem again. Raj, you and I, we're not going to name the school, but uh, Roger and I witnessed that in, in high school. Uh, watch a high school basketball game as one player at, every time coming up the court, his head not looking at the coach, looking at dad in the stands. And it drove us nuts. Well, it was so obvious. You know, they weren't even subtle about it. No. And what no. a slap in the face of the coach that is. Yeah. And uh, I like uh, James's attitude when it comes to that. Yeah, you know, hey. Here, I'll put your better, kid in a better yeah. position for you to watch yeah, him all we, day. We did it for four plays straight. He stood there and he looked at. He just stared in the stands for four plays straight. If that's what you want to do and that's what you choose to do, that's fine. I respect that, and you're gonna respect my decision as well. And this is exactly what you're gonna do. Yeah, we now, know you love your dad. Now yep, you can look and at. And I talked with his father after the game, and I talked with the, with the kid, and we we had an understanding. We hadn't, didn't have that issue again. They were great. What about uh, the parent that calls out other kids during a game? And I've seen this happen. You know, they'll call out by jersey number. Some of the, yo, number 78, you want to block for my son for a change? Yeah. Look, that number 78 has parents in the stands too. Yeah. All right? You don't need to do that to upset them. Everybody can see what's happening out there. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to call out another kid. Kids are going to make mistakes during the game. Their uh, ball's going to go under their glove and through their legs. It's going to happen. They're going to drop a pop fly. They're going to miss an open net. They're going to drop a football. They're going to jump off sides. They're going to make mistakes. They're learning. They're learning. Bingo. They're going to get picked off at second base. 
<laughs> Frank's talking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's talking from experience, I think. Uh, let's see. Hey, you used to get picked off at second base? Not Congratulations. Second. You made it to second base. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> are there parents that are putting too much pressure on their kids out there? Absolutely. All day long. See and you can see the kid is not enjoying themselves. You know, they're every, you know, maybe it's it's a bad pitch and oh, they're just down on themselves. And when you're getting down on yourself, your teammates are going to get down when they see you down. Yeah. So it's contagious. Yeah, it's it happens often. I, unfortunately, I see it. Um and when I do, I I I just know how to treat the, the kid. What I'll do is when I see, you know, they make a bad play or whatever the case may be, I'll pull the kid over. I'll put my arm around him and I'll get right in his ear. Like, "Hey man, you know you my guy." But, you know, I, I don't care that you made a mistake. And then I'll tell them a mistake that I made when I played. Well, yeah. I, I don't care. Guess what? Because you want this next play, you you owe me. So give me a big play, and we even. I don't care that you made the mistake. It is what it is. I made a mistake calling the play. This is what we're going to do, and we move forward. You know, I just make sure I get in his ear to make sure he can, can block that out. That's what I do. I was talking to uh, a guy I know, and um, he helps out on a team. And the the coach's son is the pitcher. There's a surprise. And but he puts so much pressure on the kids, so it's constantly every pitch getting on his case and uh and just, you know, come on, come on, come on, come on. He pulled the kid aside and said, Look, don't listen to your dad. You know, go out there, relax, take a deep breath, be yourself. And then all of a sudden the kids started turning around. He was able to do that. He blocked out his dad, he was able to relax, and he was able to throw. All right, let's go to the phones. We have Jeff who wants to chime in. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing great. What can we do for you today? No, I'm just listening in. A great show and just listening to the um, conversation that you're having about the parents and how they get involved in the games. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times the parents are still trying to live through their um, high school days and little league days, still trying to think they're playing. And a lot of times it causes a lot of confusion out there. Oh, that's fun. Hello, Mallory. <laughs> James, they're trying to listen. James, he says hello right now. He's... <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I think you're right. A lot of parents are trying to live, uh, get that second uh, thing of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Let's see, living vicariously through your child, that's it. And uh, they they go overboard with it. And I think you're right, Jeff. Uh too much pressure they put on the kid, or 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 what, whatever the case may be. You got to relax and let them have fun. They're there for two reasons: they're there to learn how to play the sport safely, and they're also there to have fun. Am I am I right? And and that's the main thing. I always say if the kids are not having fun, we as referees are not doing our job. The coaches are not doing their job. The parents are not doing their job. And Jeff, you know I never get on on you refs' case. I'm always got your back, right? <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to get an extra good call this year? Um, no. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about me. <laughs> hey, hey, make sure Marcellus Bragg gets to do one of my games. i got to have my bird guy, guy watch my back during a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, thanks a lot. It's always great talking to you, buddy. You the man, Jeff. All right. All right, take care. Um Brings up a good point. Parents living vicariously through their kids. Uh, you don't want that. Uh, let's see. Dad that makes sure, the dad that gets into coaching, this is one of my favorite parents. My son has to be the star of the team. (laughs) Oh, my God. I wish I had a dollar for every time I've seen that. As a matter of fact, 
I've got something, you know, you bring that up. When I was a kid and my dad was the head coach for uh, for Airlines. When I we was... talked about Airlines last yes. night, by the way. So when I was on that team, my dad made sure that, uh, not that he made sure of it. I was, I was a heavier kid. You know, I was, you know, I was one of those guys that, one of those kids that I'd have to like run before the game just to make the weight class oh, yeah, and everything me. like that. I'm with you, brother. But my dad saw that, recognized that, and he, I was no star. What did I do? My hand was in the dirt. I was a D-tackle. I was a center. <laughs> and that's what it was. So, you know, I, but you hear it all the time. Like, you know, my kid's got to be the star of the team because I'm coaching it and things like that. But it's I, – I can give that one example that it's not always like that, but it's probably rare. You know, when I first realized that that was happening was when I was playing Little League Baseball. We had a pitcher. He was terrible. He was <laughs> terrible. Uh, but his dad was the coach. And his mom was the manager. So he was out there and, you know, watching ball get hit out of there. Like, that's when I realized, because uh, I seen, you know, like, why is it that every team in this league's uh, pitcher is the dad's kid? Oh, man. <laughs> I realized at a young age. Um, yeah, you have to recognize your child's ability. You know, I, James, how often do I talk to you about my son, Nick? Yeah, we we talk about him. Yeah, Nick is not the most athletic kid out there. Yeah, he, he's, you're he's always just, honest about it. He's 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 not. He's built for academics, which thank God, <laughs> I like that part. He's Plus a straight he got A student. From his mother, right? Thanks, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> always pointing out I'll the tell obvious. You, I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this. All kids develop differently. They and at different they, ages. They, they do. Some are going to peak in little league. Some are going to peak in high school. Some are going to peak in college. Well, why that happens is because uh, it's called athletic burnout. Um, you'll have coaches who will run kids 30 times a game, um, all four levels. The kid against the, you know, the, the oldest team will be with the 12 to 14-year-olds. He'll get to that level, and he hasn't been to carry the ball thousands of times in the game. He'll get to high school, and he, he just wore out. Um, yeah. You know, you can run. You can run a kid into the ground. You can. Sure, it's just it. like in baseball. You, you know, oh, I'm gonna go with my this this kid because got a great arm. I'm pitching him every game, uh, all game long. I think I think that's why you want them playing multiple sports. Yeah. Because and even if he is a star athlete, he may excel at all two or three sports he's in. But if he's not excelling, say in volleyball, but he excels in football. He takes a little bit of time off to, to join that travel team, and he, yeah. and he you gets stay away. Com- plus, you stay competitive in a competitive nature. Zone. You know, he may not drill himself, but I remember growing up as a kid, the kids in elementary school that you looked at, and these kids were just great little basketball players and good little baseball. They weren't necessarily the best in high school. In fact, they were average or didn't even make the varsity team. Oh, yeah. A number of kids that we thought were unbelievable at age 10, 11, and 12 never played a down of high school football or a quarter of high school basketball. So well, how many kids were the star in Little League, but they didn't grow physically Happens once they got the to high school, Happens. and then everybody passed them? Tony, we talk about multiple sports. One of the parents I don't like is those who uh, they pay for their kids to be in this uh, huge travel team, premier team, and then they get mad when their kids don't play in the high school team. And they say, hey, I've been, you know, they've been going to this program for how many years? They must be better than everybody else. Yeah, just because you're paying money doesn't mean that you're, you know. That's true. It doesn't always equal that way. So. That, that's true. Um, but, you know, you got what you got to take into account, too, is when people uh, pay for maybe a AAU, your kids play AAU basketball or play travel, soccer, whatever the case may be, you'll get exposure from those maybe more than your high school. If your high school team isn't very good, colleges aren't coming, let's be real. Paul Harris, he didn't play a 
any basketball at Kimmer or not Kimmer West, excuse me, I'm thinking about myself, at Niagara Falls High School. He had offers before he even stepped on the court at Niagara Falls his junior year. Before he even stepped on the court. Why AAU basketball? He didn't, I mean, it's good that he did well in Niagara Falls High School, but he didn't necessarily need Niagara Falls High School to get the scholarship offers he had. And that's just a fact. One thing I hear all the time, especially recently, though, we're talking about these parents. The behavior of the parents, not just at the game, not just at the practice or in the parking lot, but also on social media. These big-time college programs can afford to hire, I'm telling you, I hear this all the time, they can hire private investigators to watch what you're doing, to watch the parents' behavior, because if I'm going to spend a scholarship on your son or your daughter, and i got to bring this animal into my school that's going to berate me, my staff, if that's the way he's going to behave with his kids' coaches in high school, you think for one second I'm going to bring you to my college? Yeah. I'm going to bring your son or daughter? If you're going to act like this in public, there's that- no way in hell your son's getting a scholarship from me. So, parents, you have to understand, you are a detriment to your own kid's future with the way you behave on the sidelines. And the yeah. big colleges are, and not even just the D1s. I'm hearing this from D3 schools. I, I can... I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. You're right. But it has to be an extreme case. Oh, sure. uh, it has to be a, a, yeah. an extreme case um, because, you know, I know parents who, you know, they they go a little – put they push the line. Um, and I don't think it really hurt their kid, but it didn't help them as well. It didn't help at all. But at the same time, I, it, that would have, that have to be an extreme circumstance. Now, James, you brought up uh, about burnout, which is a great, uh, a great uh, point and focus here. Parents can burn a kid out. Coaches can burn a kid out. You don't want that. I, nope. You know, so many times, well, you know, my coach was an idiot to me, and so I decided I'm not going to play sports anymore. And now this kid's done playing sports because some coach didn't know how to treat him or his parents put too much pressure on him and didn't allow him to have any fun. A, a bad, a really bad coach or a really bad parent can make a kid hate a sport. Right. You, you really can make a kid Think hate about it. how sad that is. Yeah, you, you can. Um, you know, I, I've seen it. You know, you I see it now. You know, kids or parents put so much pressure and just do. You know, kid, when they, you know, let them be a kid. Let them go out there, and run around in the park, and then they'll be like, "No, we're we're running pass patterns. You're throwing the ball. You're doing this. No, just let them. Don't force them. You know, force it on them too much. Sometimes you got to say, okay, no, this is an option. We're gonna go put extra work in. Then other times you got to know when to just let them be a kid. Go play in the water park or. Just do nothing and play exactly. in the street. You know, Use your imagination. Yeah. It's stuff like that that we need. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, here's uh, one that's really going to get you guys going. If you get into a fist fight over a youth sports game, you don't belong around kids. You don't belong <laughs> around youth sports. And yeah. I mentioned that video that went viral of a, it was a softball, softball. tournament, yeah. and you just see all these parents brawling. Really, folks? Yeah, that's a little much. And it gets worse than that. We've heard stories of uh, 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 youth games where guns have been pulled. Really? You got to bring a gun to a youth sports game? I, I believe it or not, I've been to a high school game where a gun was pulled. It's crazy. Yeah. It's. I think at, at times we're losing our minds. And uh, we're going to talk about that more on the other side of the break. Don't forget, Sports Talk Saturday follows us at 11 o'clock right here on WGR Sports Radio 550.
We're back. One last segment, and then Sports Talk Saturday takes the air at 11 o'clock. We're talking about uh, parenting. We've talked about burnout. We've talked about fights uh, that that occur so many times. You know, And I talked about this last week. I saw a, a coach uh, fighting with one of the coaches on his own staff. That's crazy. If you need to get into a fist fight over youth sports, you don't belong. Get out of there. You know, go watch, stay at home, drop your kid off, and stay at home. Just get out of there because you're you're going to embarrass your kid, and your kid's something your kid is going to remember the rest of their life. Uh, one of the things that's happening right now in high schools, parent groups that uh, get together, maybe uh, Johnny's not getting much playing time. They don't like uh, that he's not the star uh, player on the team. So they, this group gets together. They put pressure on the school district, fire the coach. It's adults acting like high schoolers. It just happened in uh, Maple Grove, right? Kurt Fisher forced out uh, out of there by par- by parents who were unhappy. This is a guy who's won multiple state titles, by the way. Uh, we want, we want you career gone. Wins. Uh, career wins. And uh, there was a group, if I'm not mistaken, in Olean that wanted Jeff Anastasia out. Jeff Anastasia. I don't know if they wanted him out, but he got constantly criticized. You're talking a coach with 500. Wins over 500 wins two years ago. He was over 500 wins. 511 seems to come through my mind. But uh, you hear these stories over and over. Okay, but it's one thing if you know with Kurt, it's a completely different story than Jeff Anastasia and all that. With Kurt, it's fine if you can get criticism and you know. He lived with it for years and years. Well, now he's got kids in high school, and now some of the, uh, I don't know whether the parents handed down to their kids, and it was trickling down to Kurt's kids that they were getting totally because berated at the school. That You know, they actually left, the, dropped out of school. They were able to purchase a house down the road in Chautauqua Lake School District in time, and then uh, they finished the uh, school year at Chautauqua Lake. And they're there now. That's sad. In regards to Kurt, now he we've offered Kurt to come on this program. Yes. And he's trying to get here. He's be- very busy coaching in the summer. Uh, in fact, they got seven on sevens today, I believe, at Dunkirk. Correct. Yep. Congrats yep. to all those teams down there today. Hope they're having a good time. But Kurt will be on the show, and he will be able to tell his story. But from what we've been able to gather is, you know, Kurt can deflect criticism. He's got thick skin. But once you start attacking his kids, and that's, that's what crossing the triggered line. it. That's, that's crossing the line. You're... You don't attack a 13-, 14-year-old kid. That's why we didn't want to really... We don't really like to publicize all the stuff that we hear. We hear a ton of bad stuff. We're not going to... Yeah, some of it, I was, you know, because I'm going to... Some of it is it's it's hearsay, and I leave it at that. I don't repeat everything yeah. that that is brought to us, but we do hear a lot of stories uh, going on. So you know, we do know because I hear from coaches that there are groups that put pressure on the district and get rid. We've done whole shows about that, so that's out there. And you know, Tony, about that, think about it. Those parents are only there three, four years. Once their kid graduates, they yeah, don't they care don't about care. the program. Exactly. exactly. I mean, it's almost worse than alumni putting pressure on a program. At least the alumni. They have a stake work for it in a while. Parents, three, four years, uh, I don't care. They're out of there. Exactly. Good point. Uh, James and I were talking about, because, uh, again, we go back and forth. We both coach, uh, as we say, the illest coaches in NASA. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we go back and forth on a lot of things. And uh, this is one thing that you told me about a few years ago and it it's just it never left my mind because it happens a lot with the vets you guys 
uh, get raided. People, yeah. <laughs> other leagues come in there, uh, you know, they see what you guys do on uh, Saturday, and they come in there and take your players. Yeah. They offer money for player, uh, to, to players. They offer Xbox, sneakers, whatever, to get them to go play. And there's, you know, I guess, again, these are stories that I'm hearing. So uh, gamblers. The, the ga- people are gambling on these games, so they put together these teams. Uh, some of them are tra- they alleged. I'm putting a quotation mark. Travel teams. Uh, they come in there. They're fly by night leagues, fly by night teams. Come in there for one year, and they're able to offer all of this. For, why? So that they could gamble. Am I right? Yeah, I guess so. Um, honestly, with the, with the vets now, the the parents that we got in and they, they vets what we call vets lifers. Um, those kids are going to be with us from six to when they're fourteen. So our parents are pretty loyal. Um, we don't really deal with that. We'll get you know a few kids here and there where I'll say, "Hey, where you play?" And they give me like three or four different teams they've bounced around to. So I know more than likely they'll be there for one year, if not a few weeks, and leave. Um, so, but it is a lot of organizations and people out there, not just in Western York, in the country. Who, and they're just not doing it right. They're not standing for the right things. And it's very unfortunate because what are you really teaching the kids in that situation? I remember uh, when I was coaching in North Buffalo and, uh, you know, you'd have registration. Back then it wasn't online. Nobody did it online. You had to show up, fill out some paperwork. Imagine that. And, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, we'd get a kid to come out, you know, first week of practice. And the coaches and I would see, wow, you know, this kid's athletic. This is going to be good. Then we didn't see him anymore. Yeah. So what happens is is the parents will sign their kid up with several different teams in the beginning, and they'll go to practice one day or a week, and they'll gauge which team they think is best. That's the team that they'll stick with. Yeah, that that still happens to this day. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it does. It's it's just unfortunate. And my staff and I, you know, we're usually able to pick out those kids that's that's here temporarily. You can just see in just in mannerisms and. You'd be like, okay, he's probably not going to stick around. We'll we'll see what happens, um, and that, that's how it goes. Yeah, some of the things that goes on is I remember uh, Rich Sanders telling me a story about because uh, he grew up playing in Florida. He said guys would sit in the stands with a lot of money, and they would bet every play. They bet, okay, I bet it's gonna be fourth and one. They're not getting the first. I'm bet, bet, bet. Twenty from you, twenty forty, blah, 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 blah. and they, and that's all they do throughout the whole game. Yeah, I, <laughs> wow. I'm not, I'm not a fan of throwing my money away. So I, I just, really I work can't. too hard for my. <laughs> yeah, <head. laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. So uh, I, I just really can't get that. But you know, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate that, that the kids have to see this. They see it. I think you have to go ahead, Raj. Before I finish. no, I just had questioning and uh, following up on what you said. Are they picking and choosing, like going for one week? Because they want to play on a really good team, or do they want it in a, where they have the best chance of themselves, their kids playing the game? Both. Both. So it's so usually an either or. Yeah, right it's on. it's are they going to be the star of the team, uh, or are they going to uh, as a team that's going to win a championship? Because after all, that's what's important in life: winning a championship, not learning. It's winning the championship. Yeah, I had, it's funny. We're talking about parents. I had a parent tell me uh, a couple years ago, um, you know, oh, you know. You just play, you're not playing my kid. You just want to play the other kids so you can win a championship. I, I, I told her, I said, ma'am, what is a youth championship going to do for me? If you think it's an ego, I've been a two-time All-American and played in the NFL. I don't really think a, a Little League championship is going to really move the meter for me. So I said, I'm doing this. This is all for the kids. And she kind of looked at me like, 
like you know, Alabama's not going to knock on my door. Yeah, hey, we I'm want not, you. We want yeah. you replacing Nick Saban. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really want to see these kids excel in, in life. I like know? what you did with that eight and nine year old. Team. Yeah, like, hey, you know, I'm, <laughs> twenty years from now, I'm talking about how I won a championship with eight and nine year olds. Like, come on, let's be real here. <laughs> Here's the simple solutions: do it for the right reason, coach for the right reason. Uh, mm-hmm. and what's the saying goes? Let the coaches coach, let the refs ref, let the kids play, the parents clap in the stands. It's a simple solution. Yeah. I'm, now, when I, I first have my, my vets, when we usually go about a week or so, and I'll see what kids are going to stick, I'll have a parents meeting. I tell my parents, I want you to be loud. I, I want you to be extremely loud. I want you scream for your baby. Yeah, they're doing a great job. You should be very proud of them. I exactly. want you to be loud. Be loud as possible. I don't I don't want to be at a, a football game that sounds like I'm at a golf tournament. No, no I, <laughs> that's not it. You know, I mean, I, we, we'll go play against certain teams, and their parents will just be sitting there like it's against the rules to yell. I'm like, what, what's get going excited. on? Get excited. Yeah, get excited. This is football. This is not volleyball. This is not tennis is not you know but, i mean but do it in a positive manner exactly go number 28 go james mallory do stuff like that if it's not your kid root on the other kids yeah, and, and honestly i have thick skin i'm not sensitive this is, you know and honestly sometimes things get overblown when you know speaking from you know a parent's point of view not that not the parent uh, kid that's involved in athletics but it's a lot of really sensitive coaches now you know, these parents that say certain things, they'll be 100% right. These coaches are way, way too sensitive. A parent to say something about me, I won't take it personal. I won't get mad about it. If it's right and that's how you feel, that's cool. As long as you're not disrespecting me, the team, or anything like that, that's fine. But there's way too many sensitive coaches out here. It's how in the you area. approach it. It's way too many. And you got to be able to check the ego at the door. At yeah, times. I mean, you, if you're going to coach, you got to have thick skin. You can't yep. come out here sensitive and, and cry. All right, guys. Thank you much, Derek Kramer. Thank you for producing. We'll talk to you guys next week with more Inside High School Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.